As we step out of Easter, that wonderful time where, where there's so much excitement that, that, that Jesus has risen, what happens on the heels of that is, that is that Mary and the rest of the women who had visited the tomb that day, they encountered the risen Christ, and they, they hurry back to the, the upper room where the disciples were huddled. They come and they bang on the door because the door's locked, and like crazy women, they say, he's not there, he's, he's risen, and, and they look at him like they're crazy, but, but Peter and John, they, they dash out and they make their way to see with their own eyes. Indeed, after Jesus was, was raised from the dead, after he came back to life, after that, he appeared to many people. In fact, he, he appeared to hundreds of people uh, post-resurrection. But in those, those days following the resurrection, there was one disciple who didn't get to see Jesus. You remember him, right? Thomas. Thomas was there, and, and everybody else had seen him. They were all telling him this story, and he said that he would not believe unless God gave him a big sign. He needed a big sign. He needed to see with his own eyes. He needed to, to touch where the nails had been and where Jesus' side had been pierced. And so for him, it was going to take something really big. And for, for all of the denials and, and for all of his protest, you know, it's actually in these small little moments where God does really big stuff. After Jesus had come back to life, and, and as we experience this Easter message, and as we experience this time where we encounter the risen Christ ourselves, it's in that small moment in your heart where something clicks, something changes, where, where all of a sudden something that was fiction, something that was fantasy, something that was folklore, something that was a fairy tale, all of a sudden it becomes real. It's real. And that's what we hear in, in this story when Jesus presents himself to Thomas. Listen to these words as we hear that story. It says in John chapter 20, it says about a week later after the disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, he said, put your finger here. See my hands? He says, reach out your hand and, and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, he said, because you've seen me, you've believed. But blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they believed. What Jesus accomplished was huge. One man died for all of us, not only for the people in this room, but for all the people who have come before us and all who will come after us. Not just hundreds of people, not just thousands of people, billions and billions of people one man died for. That's enormous. Yet again, it's in those small moments with each one of us as individuals where Jesus leaves the 99 and he comes in search of the one where big things happen. You see, for the, for the kingdom of heaven, it says that when one, when one believes in him, all of heaven rejoices. And so, of course, God says he wants that none should perish. Of course, he's sending disciples and, and missionaries and, and people out into the world today so that, that none would be without the message of Jesus Christ. But he's working on the individual. He knows your name. He can count the hairs on your head. He knows you. He cares about all of us. But he's deeply devoted and deeply in love with you as an individual. Over the last few weeks, we've been hearing about how God has this amazing habit of doing really big things out of really, really small things. He makes much of little. We saw the first week of our conversation how, how God takes small faith and he moves mountains with it. 
The next week, we saw how he takes small gifts and he multiplies them. And then last week, we saw how he took this small chance. There was only one hope for us, one man dying for all of our sins. But today, I want it to be really personal for each of us. And what we're going to find is that, that after we have this, this small faith and when we've got this small chance that's been taken for us and we're giving back our, our small gifts, it's really in the small moments where things get magical where it gets powerful, and where real transformation happens. Jesus told Thomas, he said, you believe because you've seen. He said, but blessed are the people who believe and have not seen. There's a a word for that when you believe in something that you haven't seen. What's that word? Faith. Faith. It all comes back. It all comes full circle. Jesus is telling Thomas after he's been resurrected, you're, you're looking at me now. He says, you need to have faith. And he says, and, and blessed are, are you, of course, because you see me, but even more so the ones who believe and have not seen. And that's the position that we sit in. That's the place in this story that we occupy. That's us. That's our character in here. Those who would come after. Those who haven't seen with their own eyes. He said, those are the ones that have to believe. And that takes real faith because then we have to take a leap of faith. We have to step into the unknown. We have to start to make decisions about our lives and about our families. We have to start to make decisions about our time. We have to start making decisions about our finances and about the way that we raise our children and the way that we live our lives. We have to make decisions about all of these things differently because now we've got this faith. And you see, God tells us that it's by grace through faith that you've been saved. It's this step, it's this small step that we take that means so very much. Here's what he tells us about faith. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. Confidence in what we hope for. You know, all of us are are hoping for something. Some of us are hoping that it's going to quit raining for the first time in 12 years. Maybe we can string together four or five days where it won't rain. Some of us are, are hoping that we're going to finish out school and we're actually going to get to graduate. Some of us are hoping that we'll find a new job. Some of us are hoping to find our true love. Some of us are, are hoping that we can get our lives turned around or we can get ourselves clean or we can get ourselves in a position where we can do more and do better. Some of us are hoping that God will open doors or, or close doors. We're all hoping for something. And what, what this verse tells us is that it's, it's, it's hope that leads to faith. It's hoping and believing, and it's having an assurance and a confidence in what we haven't seen. There's so much that happens in the world around us that, that we have to, to, to have faith in. We have to believe that it's going to work that way. We can't see the wind, it tells us in the Bible, yet it comes from a source unknown and goes to a destination unknown. We don't know and understand exactly how it works, but man, it sure feels nice sitting on the porch sitting in a rocking chair on the porch swing or maybe sitting inside your house this time of year and having that breeze blow through your house. We don't know what it is, but we know it's there. It's sure nice to know that as we walk around that that there's gravity that's holding us to the ground. Some of us need to be careful with that as we get a little bit more advanced and a little more seasoned in life. Gravity, it's a blessing and a curse. It'll pull you right down on the ground flat. We got to be careful with that. But it's nice to know that gravity holds us in a place. And, and, and just like that gravity holds us to the ground, Christ is our anchor for our faith. You know, as we take that, that leap of faith, something has to anchor us so that we don't get blown and tossed with the winds, but rather we will be anchored to that place, which is to the Father in heaven. Jesus is that anchor. 
He's an anchor to our souls. And so, so we have to demonstrate a little bit of faith. At the beginning of this series, we said it takes just faith the size of a mustard seed. It's so small and it's so tiny, yet when it sprouts and it grows, it grows to be the biggest plant in the garden. It grows so big that birds can, can uh, have shade and comfort and, and safety inside it. And all it takes is a little bit of faith. And God says that if we'll demonstrate just a little bit of faith, and you know, it's more than just saying it. He says we have to show it. We have to demonstrate our faith, which means we have to walk into it. We've got to step into it. We can't just sit down and, and be steady and in this state. We can't wait for God to simply come to us. Yes, he said he'll leave the 99. Yes, he said he's always going to be looking for you. Yes, he said he's always going to pursue you. Yes, he said he would never forsake you or leave you. But it's our job, like the prodigal, to return. It's our job to turn back onto the driveway that leads home. And there, waiting for us, is what we hope for. There, waiting for us, is what we have to have faith in, which is that the creator of the entire universe is standing there with his arms stretched wide. That the Father who made us and the Father who loves us and adores us would be there ready to forgive us, ready to, to teach us, ready to lead us, ready to, to transform us, and then together we would walk back out and bring others. But we have to take those steps. We have to make those turns. You see, sometimes we get so complacent in our lives and so complacent in the way that we do things that we think we don't have to change. And that's not the way it works. It doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. It doesn't matter how much you read your Bible. It doesn't matter how many Bible studies you go to. It doesn't matter how much money you give or how many places you go. This book calls each of us to change. It requires that we do things differently. It requires that we think about things differently. And when God is doing that work in us, he changes our heart, which changes our mind, and then that changes our behavior. Faith is where it starts. And, and from faith, then it leads to, to hope. Because when we, when we believe in God, when we've got an assurance that he is there and he's going to catch us and he's going to do all of these things he's promised to do, that faith yields hope. And it says, and hope doesn't uh, put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has, given, uh, who has been given to us. The other night, I got to go to a, a concert. Wesley's eighth grade choir was, was singing a performance. And, and you know, I've got to be honest with you for a second, guys. Let's, let's, uh, let's dial it back. Let's be real for just a second. Not every chorus concert you go to, either in elementary school or middle school, is the finest of the vocal performances you've ever heard, right? Voices are changing. Kids may or may not take it serious. They may or may not have that God-given ability at that moment. And so sometimes it's really quiet. You're sitting in a huge auditorium with small voices in those moments. And so it's not always, it's not always the most look forward to thing. Wesley, however, sings like a bird, right? He's a wonderful little singer. Just ask him. Anytime you want, he'll, he'll be keen to sing you something. Right, Wes? Oh, why is your face so red? You been in the sun? <laughs> so anyway, we go to this, this performance, and 
it was really a sweet thing because many of these students had been with the chorus teacher, Miss Huff, uh, for three years. And so she's really kind of helped raise these kids. And, and Miss Shirley, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so one of these classes in particular, she had one year, she had them every day, where a lot of times you only get them one or two days a week, and she had them every day. And, and so she was so invested in these kids. And for me, it's beautiful to see how teachers invest in students and whether that's a homeschool teacher of course investing in your students or whether that's in the public school system or private school it's beautiful to me to see how someone can invest so much of their life and their heart in these students well the kids in, in Wesley's group were singing a song and before the song was played Miss Huff stepped to the microphone and said that we're singing a song tonight but the composer the person who arranged the song required that this message be read before the performance can be given. And so these are the words that were said that night. They said, The Holocaust is a stunning reminder of the tragic results of prejudice and hate towards other people. But it's also a reminder that hope held firm will eventually reign victorious over the greatest of odds. These words were inscribed on the walls of a cellar in Cologne, Germany, where Jews were hiding from the Nazis during World War II. Hope was all they had to hold on to. Hope was their only bridge to a brighter future. Imagine for a second, you know, the people that, that we know from history or the people that you know in your own life, people clinging to life because of disease, people clinging to life because of addiction, people clinging to relationship because of abuse, people who are clinging to those last threads, and all that they might have is hope. But the only reason they can have that hope it's because they have faith in God. One plus one equals two. God plus us equals eternity. God being real because you believe in him and acknowledge that he's real yields hope every time. And in the darkest of days, in the, in the longest of odds, in the hardest of circumstances, in the darkest of nights, hope is all that you might have. And so for some of us, we might just be clinging to hope that our families will, will turn and, and they'll change and they'll return to God. For some of us, we're clinging to this hope that, that God's going to perform an amazing and, and miraculous miracle. We're all hoping for a huge sign that God will prove that he's real. But just like with Thomas, it's in the small moments. It's in the small moments, in the, in the quiet of your heart. Maybe it's when you're praying. Maybe it's when you're reading. Maybe it's when you're singing, but when you demonstrate that faith in God and you say, I don't know what's going to happen, and I trust you, and I believe in you, it's in those small moments where we say, yes, Lord. Okay, God. It's in those small moments where he st starts to change us from the inside out. And it's in those small moments where he takes a, a small and broken person and turns them into the, the creation that he always intended it starts with faith it goes to hope and then it says that that there are three of these things that that remain faith hope and love and of these three love is the greatest it all adds up it all comes full circle with just a little bit of faith with just a little bit of a, a small gift from us back to him of our hearts god returns a huge yield he gives us his son. And because of that, our lives and our eternity are secured. And all it takes 
is that one step back to him. It says in John chapter 4, and it says, And now, it says, And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is what this entire series has been leading up to. It all comes to this point, that God would demonstrate his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is what church is about. This is what the entire Christian experience is about. Yes, we want to feel better. Yes, we want to feel good. Yes, we want to go to church and sing beautiful songs. And yes, we want to go and we want God to to tickle our ears and we want to feel better about ourselves. Yes, that's what we go for. But the reason God calls you back to this, this place, the reason you're drawn back into relationship with him and with each other, the reason that we're coming, we, we do, uh, give our time back in this way, is so that God can grab us. He can change us. But it starts with faith. And what is it that our faith is in? Our faith is in that, that God is so big that he could create the entire heavens and earth. Our faith is so big that, that out of a complete vacuum and void of, of anything in this world, God spoke, and out of that sprung life. That out of that sprung the, the heavens and the earth. That God made these things, the, the animals, the birds, and the bees, and he had everything just perfect before he set us here. He placed us in this world that, that we, would, we would run it, that we would rule it, that we would, we would manage it for him, and that this would be a place where out of the overflow of his heart, He could show us his love. But yet there was something that separated us from him. And and we used to be able to experience his love direct. and, And there was nothing that had to be a conduit for it. There was nothing that had to draw us back because we were there. That's what he designed. But it was sin that separated us from God. And because we were separate from him, then we needed to start having things like faith and hope. Love is where it started. Love is where it ends. And love is what accomplishes it all. Sin is what draws us away. Sin is what creates the dark, and sin is what creates the separation. And because there's separation, there becomes doubt. And because there's doubt, and because there's worry, and because there's hurt, and because there's this unknown, that's why we have to take this leap of faith. Sin is what causes that, but love is the bridge that builds it. Love is the bridge that gives us hope for a brighter tomorrow. It starts with love. It ends with love, and love is what will bring us back into the arms of our Father. Would you pray with me this morning? Oh, Lord, my God, Father, as we are are in this relationship with you, we recognize, Father, that you are good. Lord, we ask so much. We ask for provision. We ask for bounty we ask for abundance we ask for blessings and we ask for all of these wishes as if god you're the you're just a wishing well but lord you want so much from us and all you ask is our heart so lord i pray this morning that as we gather as your people that lord the love you you began this entire story with is the love that we will cling to for our hope. That our faith would be placed in the one that you demonstrated your love through. Father, as we step out of Easter, may every day be a resurrection day. May every Sunday 
be a Sunday where we can celebrate the blood that you shed on the cross and that through the one life you saved us all. So Lord, I pray if there's anyone here with us this morning, Lord, that is feeling that draw to you, maybe it's time to to turn back to you, to turn off the road and, and back onto the drive that leads to you, our Father. Maybe somebody's ready to be baptized. Maybe somebody's ready to join. Or maybe, Lord, we just need to lay it at the foot of your cross here. Whether it's prayer or whether it's relationship, Lord, this place, we know that you'll meet us at. Be with us today in Jesus' name. Amen.